I actually do believe that religion is not where I feel that we're going as humans on this earth at this time. I don't think religion will be around for for too much longer, speaking in a uh, very zoomed out perspective. Simply believing in something big and kind and wondrous and benevolent. I, I just hope and I pray that that's where we return to. Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome back to Light Legacy with me, Rohini Elise, coming to you live from Washington, Washington State, on a beautiful farm, Sage's mom's farm. <laughs> um, just to set the scene, the sun is shining through the window. There's a really cute kitty named Ida next to me. Um, which is pretty fitting. Uh, Ida and Pingala are the names of the like kundalini serpent energy <laughs> um, that goes on either side, the masculine and feminine energies that wind up the spine. And Sage's mom is so cool and hip and with it, and she named her cats Ida and Pingala. <laughs> so here I am on the farm, surrounded by nature, surrounded by animals and bees and birds and eagles and oh my gosh it's completely magical and this episode so as always solo episodes are pretty chatty with a kind of kernel of existence that I try to examine and be curious about and share with you my thoughts but I was Kind of my intention with this episode, what I wanted to record earlier this week was something that I talked about in my latest newsletter, my latest kind of writing musings about humans needing God, some type of God, and that is present and maybe it'll turn into that, but I kind of couldn't quite get into that because, okay, sorry, backing up. So the phrase, um, I think it's Hemingway write if you can't write write the truest sentence you know so I was meditating before I started recording and I was thinking about that like what's the truest thing I know right now what's most present and alive for me what do I have um energy like what topic do I have energy swirling in right now and today and this week I'm helping um facilitate a yoga camp for 11 to 13 year old girls young ladies and I just finished the first day and that is what's present for me and so much has come up from seeing these young women and there's 14 of them and just witnessing them and oh man I am so just fascinated by this stage of life and remembering where I was in that moment and that that age 11 to 13 like those of you listening, most of you, if not all of you are women and think about yourself at age 11, age 12, age 13, like what a freaking pivotal time in life. What a, it's, it's like you, I was thinking about the core desires, like what did I want most at that stage? So I could kind of frame my like workshops and stuff around that. And I think my core desire at that age was freedom freedom to just express and explore and 
for me, there was a lot of budding sexuality and just wanting to be a woman, like blossoming into that and what that means, but also freedom from my parents. I wanted to dress how I wanted to. I wanted to hang out with my friends when I wanted, and I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I was frustrated when people would tell me I couldn't do it. And seeing these these girls, these women, young women, and just feeling that like that their their wings are opening and they just want to freaking let them out and soar and fly and that urge that energy is so strong and there's so much coming in for them and like oh man what's present is just like what do I hope what do I see for the future what do I hope and pray for these young women and those listening like those of you listening like really think about this like if there's anything that you could either go back and tell yourself at this age or if you had the opportunity to sit with a young girl 11 age 11 what were what would be the lessons or the teachings or the advice or the questions you would ask like what would that be if you had an opportunity to influence them at such a critical age and I think the freedom to be who you are and to explore that a little and have a bit of a pasture to Roman is something that was very alive for me at that at that age. And like where do these traits, where do these wounds even from that age still show up in our life? Like the main thread throughout the whole entire day was wanting to fit in and wanting to belong and making friends within the camp and you know the circles started happening and the kind of clicks started happening and we all just want to belong to something and we want to have something in common and it was fascinating to overhear them literally sharing like this is our group like you know I was a founding member and then now you're here and like she is invited to the group but then like we don't want anyone else to join we don't want anyone else to join and then I kind of go over and I'm like we're inclusive here you know like it feels good to be included and this camp is about making friends and just the micro to the macro so in those moments those foundational moments of going to a summer camp and either finding a group that you get along with or not and what does that what does that do and what does that feel like and man my heart my heart just goes out to each of them in their own unique way those who are you know ready or or curious to go deeper and understand themselves more deeply those who want to just run off in the forest those who want to just be in the with the chickens all day and in silence you know I just, it's so fascinating to me to see these ladies and it's so alive. I can't stop thinking about it and just remembering all these little moments and the sweet, the sweet tenderness. One of the, we were playing this game where we throw on this ball and then there's a bunch of questions on the ball and whatever your thumb lands on you answer that question. And one of the questions was, what are your three wishes? If you could make any three wishes, what would they be? And one of the young ladies shared, her first one was to have a friend. If you could have any wishes, what would it be? I wish I had a friend. I wish I would have a friend. 
<sighs> thinking about that, you guys, thinking about that, I just wanted to wrap her in the biggest hug and just shower her in all these affirmations and this love. But what was so beautiful is that this other girl right after said to her, do you want to be in our friend group? <laughs> and invited her in to this little posse that she had formed. And it was so beautiful. And the girl responded, sure. <laughs> and then the rest of the day, they all hung out. Like that gives me so much hope. And it's so inspiring. Like where can I reach out an olive branch to someone to extend that extra care to make sure and to or not make sure, but just offer a place of safety and offer a place of um, friendship and love and compassion. And I just think it's so beautiful. <laughs> and if I could go back to myself at that age, the, the biggest thing I was thinking of is being taught and told that you are not your thoughts. That would completely have changed my life. These thoughts that I have, these anxieties, this rebellion, this, all of it, every single part is okay and it's not me. These thoughts are not me. I am observing my thoughts. Like I would be so upset about things and of course you know that's common in that age like so many hormones and everything's blossoming and things are changing and your body's changing and the world's getting a lot bigger but there's still these core desires that follow through to us today the threat is still there oh man sorry if this isn't interesting to you but i am so fascinated by it and i just want to dive into what's present and another young gal shared like what is a hippie lifestyle what is that? What is that? <laughs> and is, if someone was called a hippie, would that be an insult? And I was like, well, what she, actually what was really beautiful, what she said was a hippie lifestyle seems like it's earth to earth. I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm, I grew up in the city. I live in the city, but being here, I feel very close to the earth. And I was like, yeah, that's beautiful. There's, you know, we get to slow down a bit and have more space and be with the earth. And she's like, yeah, I like it. I like, I think I like the hippie lifestyle and none of us said like, this is a hippie camp or anything, but that was just the, uh, her word for it. And I thought that was so beautiful. Like these little sparks of awareness and understanding themselves in a different way. Like, Hmm, when I'm in the city, I feel like everything's going fast and it's noisy. But when I'm here, I feel closer to the earth and I feel more calm. That was like the, the thing they kept saying. I feel very calm. I feel very calm. And I played my sound bowls for them. And after, it was like, wow, I feel calm. I feel like I could fall asleep. Like, oh my goodness. And I think it's really inspiring me to have a beginner's mind with all of this. This spiritual journey. Like, where does it start? <laughs> where did it start? I mean, it started in the womb, I suppose. It's a hard question, but where can I have this beginner's mind? Like what her observation of, wow, I feel so good here. There's so much space. I feel so close to the earth. Like how can I be aware of my energy in those moments? How can I appreciate the presence that I have? God damn, it's so inspiring to me. <laughs> so that's just what's present. But 
what I really do, really truly, what I want to go into on this episode is this concept that makes a lot of sense to me and I've heard before, but I was listening to a Jordan Peterson interview. He is, I love his brain. Um, I love how he discusses and kind of uh, picks apart spiritual truths, but in a way that is completely not woo-woo and it's so academic and so philosophical. Um, I really enjoy how he thinks and shares. So he was sharing this idea that, well, for one, and this is a pretty common um, thought that this generation, our generation, and the next, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of separation, fear, um, dis-ease, depression, all of that, and perhaps that may be correlated to and connected to um, downfall in religion. And again, this is not me saying, and this is not an opinion, I'm sharing a belief, some, some research that people have done. And to me, that makes sense because when you think about religion, there is inherently of the belief that there's something more and there's something to be, there's a state to be, um, constantly in progress of achieving like um, whether that you could say that's enlightenment or that is for some religions going to heaven or that is um, achieving um, gosh what am I forgetting Uh, I'm forgetting the word but there's all these different places within religion that you aspire to get to and so inherently that is um, something to spend your whole life focusing and devoting your energy to like, oh, I want to be a better person so that I can get to heaven or whatever it is. And without that, without something big to strive for, I make sense to me. I believe that they can be very lonely. Someone can become lost. Someone can become um, isolated or feel that they're alone without something big to strive for. And I, I actually do believe that religion is not where I feel that we're going as humans on this earth at this time. I don't think religion will be around for uh, for too much longer, speaking in a uh, very zoomed out perspective. Um, but I think devotion, prayer, spirituality, connection to the earth, um, God, I think God is going to be more widely known and loved than ever before but in a completely different way and that's my belief and that's my hope of course as well but basically sorry that was quite the tangent basically in this podcast Jordan Peterson was sharing that humans need God humans need God as as much as we need to breathe we need God and of course someone could go their entire life as an atheist not believing in god and they would still survive you know they would they would go through their human experience but in order to achieve um greatness or in order to achieve full potential of a human that god is needed and not one god or another god it's not like oh jesus is needed that's the way of course I'm not saying that but a God figurehead, a Godhead is needed in the human experience to constantly push you 
forward and push you into becoming your best self because it's it's an ideal to aspire to but the thing that has really been present for with me which actually would just like to read you um part from my newsletter because my thoughts were much more organized when i was writing they're kind of all over the place i'm still a bit in the uh camp energy so bear with me please but um i'll just read from this uh, newsletter I wrote, which if you want to receive my newsletter, you can sign up on my website, uh, templeofalthea.com and go to the contact page and sign up there. I send out writings and my latest offerings and lots of things. So, um, yes, but so in this newsletter, I wrote, we as humans need God. This may seem obvious to some and perhaps untrue to others. We need a God because our human nature depends on it. Our operating systems exist to be a part of something greater than us. We must strive for something or we quickly feel that we have no meaning. We, as humans, will focus and devote our life to something without fail no matter what. Stagnancy is death, and so to live we must find the next thing to propel us forward. We will always have a God, whether it takes form as Jesus, Buddha, spirit, work, the earth, sex, politics, family, relationships, food, writing, children, alcohol, social status, etc. Something will always become our God, even without us trying. Something will always become our focal point, our reason to be, our pushing force. Our reason to get up in the morning will be there as long as we are living, and that reason is our God. So, what happens when work becomes our God? What happens when politics become our God? What happens when alcohol becomes our God? When our God is not benevolent, forgiving, accepting, inspiring, or even kind, what happens then? When our God is based on social status, external validation, corruption, and illusion, what happens then? An atheist can worship the God of corporate success and validation through financial gain. A Muslim, Hindu, Mormon, and Catholic can all share that same God. Whatever we believe in most, whatever occupies the majority of our mental, emotional, and spiritual space becomes our God. Someone can be in the pews at church, focused solely on the new bottle of vodka waiting for them at home. Who, in that moment, is his God? There is no fault, judgment, or blame here. My God has been many things. Social media, social status, and even alcohol at times. When I used to wake up ridden with anxiety and my very first thought was my Instagram comments, I lived in a world of a judgmental, wrathful, punishing God. Nothing was good enough for this almighty force that had my psyche in death grips. That doesn't happen anymore because I have returned the divine to its rightful throne of God in my psyche. What would happen if your God is full of grace, infinite compassion, inspiration, aspiration, joy, peace, and harmony, what happens then? What happens when your God is so understanding that you only need to breathe to be seen, heard, and loved? What happens if you can fail, falter, forget, and are still loved by something bigger than you, completely and unconditionally? God is an essence completely unique and utterly personal. God is completely wondrous. God is completely mystical and totally magical. If you are automatically built to believe in something big, why not believe in the divine? Why not believe in your perfect place in the universe? Why not believe in your gifts? Why not believe in unconditional love? 
Why not find your God, whatever that looks like for you? Why not devote your life to something great? Devote your life to something kind? Devote your life to something compassionate? Devote your life to something inspiring? Why not? <laughs> so, to try and, I'm trying to dive deep into this, what is so important for me about this and why it feels quite uh, important, <laughs> pivotal, poignant, is when I think of someone who doesn't believe in anything more and who puts um, work, let's say, as the most important thing that they're striving towards, the thing is that that work is encompassing it's all encompassing and it can be achieved like if work is the top of your priority the top of your you will devote your life to that day in and day out and these uh work will be achieved you will advance in whatever it is that you're doing you will find success but it will never be satisfying it will never be fulfilling to a deep human basic core need like work cannot fill the space that we need to be filled when i think of well for one because that's not a spirit it's not an essence it's work it's not alive or devoting your life to uh even a relationship like it's beautiful but we are so much more than that we have so much more space to be occupied with and narrowing our world narrowing our existence into something so finite and so small and so achievable is such a uh to me feels like such a sad use of this capacity as humans thinking about god whatever that looks like for you and that's the thing i just there's so much negative connotation and negative energy associated with the word god and the essence of god because of religion and yet we wouldn't be here without it it's all you know it's all part of the the divine perfect plan but what can we do to take the stigma and the the achiness and the punishing and the fear out of god because it's completely the opposite and i think i think if we can get to a point where God is uh, at least neutral in society, God is not uh, carrying along all of these this baggage. <laughs> if we can get to a point where God is at least neutral, then I think people will find that truth wherever it is along their path um, more, more organically. Like you can find God in anything and finding it among the trees or the food or the relationships or any of that can perk your interest into into understanding this big thing and i i just hope and i pray that that's where we return to simply believing in something big and kind and wondrous and benevolent believing that love is truth and that we are good <laughs> we can get to a point where we believe that we are good and we live in a space that is good inherently good 
and that of course goes along with it all of the the acceptance the trust the surrender the willingness to learn the willingness to be a student of life but my goodness my god (laughs) do i hope and there's so many different aspects of myself that are present right now trying to collect them all but the zoomed out higher self part of me that is strong in my psyche like i have this unrelenting in a good way unrelenting very strong vein of just trust in the divine plan and a bigger a bigger more beautiful world (laughs) as charles eisenstein says the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible that thread of belief for me is very strong and so that part and i go oh of course i zoom back i go well of course we're gonna we're gonna get to that space where god is known and simply known as unconditional love or known as spirit or known as um mother earth but whatever it is god is known as good and god is known as kind and god is known as holy and truly accepting and completely kind compassionate and empathetic like it is such a shame what has happened to god you know in our in our society in our human experience i want to look up this quote for you guys um so this this quote by nietzsche um a german philosopher you may have heard of you may have heard this but it really resonated deeply god is dead god remains dead and we have killed him how shall we comfort ourselves the murderers of all murderers What was holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives. Who will wipe this blood off us? What water is there for us to clean ourselves? What festivals of atonement, what sacred games shall we have have to invent? Is not the greatness of this deed too great for us? Must we ourselves not become gods simply to appear worthy of it? So powerful. Must we ourselves not become God simply to appear worthy of it? And that's the thing. That's what's happened. And that's what is happening. Oh, my thoughts are going everywhere. When we put ourselves to this space of God's separate, that's that's the thing, separate from, from the existence, from the universe, from all of it. It is a completely, it's an egoic existence in that our ego is the primary voice we're not connected to something higher than us or greater than us we believe that we are it and that can go so many roads it can be terrifying lonely depressing um or it can also be unrelenting like what is there to achieve if i am all that there is like oh my god more status more wealth more fame more sex more alcohol more any of it if we are all that we believe (laughs) exists Oh God, what a what a scary place to be. So the idea we have killed God, God is dead, it's it inspires me to work like hell. Work like hell to spread a message and to invite 
people into remembering their unique God, the unique God that exists in each of us as the unique, completely one of one iteration of God. Like I do believe that we are God experiencing itself. We as humans are this facet of this completely radiant, multidimensional <laughs> creation that is God. We are that. There's no separation. Like I've said in the last podcast and the one with Kelly that Kelly shared, heaven means the cosmos. So when we look up at the sky and we see the stars and we see these new crazy photos from NASA and we look at the universe and go, holy shit, what? That exists? That is so magnificent. That is so brilliant. How is that even real? But yet we are a part of that. We are that. Heaven is here. We are already in heaven. We are already here. We, we have been and we have been all along. So I guess this <laughs> podcast um is an invitation to find your god find your god for nobody else but you and and if you feel that you're in a place where god that that word that that connotation is full of trauma or fear or non-acceptance i invite you and i implore you like do the work to to bring god home like bring god in its true form home and when you do that you will bring yourself home it's one and the same so find something that um inspires you to understand yourself as god and understand this universe this earth this existence these relationships as god find that inspiration and just run wild with it because we need beings, we need people here that believe in something more because that is how things are healed, that is how progress is made, that is how the world becomes better because we believe that there's more than just this. If we believe it's just us, we die and that's that's it. Like why would we ever do anything that would make a lasting change? We have to believe in something more and greater and longer and brighter and better. And God is that aspiration that unconditional love imagine being truly embodied in a frequency of unconditional love imagine that that is the most aspirational idea to ever come into being for me so that keeps me going that is what why i reflect on my actions my words that is why i continue to do things that challenge me and help me know myself better because oh my god i i probably will never <laughs> live up to and fully embody the frequency of unconditional love as god is in its fully expressed form but gosh dang it i want to try i want to try and that's what it is so for whoever whatever god is to you wherever you find that truth like just dive in dive in we need kids that believe in something loving, in something kind, something compassionate, and in something infinite. We need a generation of kids that believe in that and believe in the earth. And it's just very inspiring to think about how I can raise my kids 
and how even how I can mention different little tidbits of inspiration that may spark curiosity in these young women I'm around. Let's bring God back. <laughs> so, <laughs> such a interesting episode. I really try to come to my podcast in like a channeling space, honestly. Like I, I meditate before I come into an intention. I say prayers. I just come into it want to be fully aligned and just let whatever wants to pour through come through and I want each episode to be nourishing and expansive for you and I hope that they are um and also I gotta say the transition between camp facilitator to contemplating the deepest levels of existence um is a bit bit difficult (laughs) so thank you for bearing with this rather um, loopy episode but i hope that you find something something divine and perfect in medicine within the words and if nothing else know that i love you and for no reason else than that you're human like you don't need to do anything else than just exist for me to love you you know and yeah i'm just sending you so much um love like you are in my heart you are and everyone listening um just remember that you are in the perfect place in the perfect time in the perfect body the perfect you you are your you are you you have your name your essence your being for a reason so just freaking run with it find god (laughs) find god in the soils and the butterflies and the hugs and the people you meet and the books you read and yeah (laughs) okay i'm gonna sign off i need to go put my feet in the soil i hope you have a wonderful week a wonderful wednesday wonderful rest of your week and i will talk to you again soon bye thanks for listening